and we're live. So I'm just waiting for Ashley to join. So I am Jen Wilson from IamJenWilson.com, author of Nine Rules to Sorcerership, yoga, pilates, meditation teacher, massage therapist when we're allowed to talk to each other. And this is part of the Healing Rebel series. We are I am speaking to other teachers, other coaches who can um, do some mindfulness stuff or do things that help us look after our health and well-being. So today I've got Ashley coming on. Just waiting for her to join. There you are. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad. The sun's shining, but that, that makes it better, doesn't it? Yeah. Cheers you up a bit. Always when you can see blue skies, everything just feels lighter. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yep. So welcome to my lunchtime chats. Thank you um, for I think this is like the fourth or fifth one that I've done now. Mm -hmm. And... The purpose of it is just speaking to other small business owners who do stuff that help people's health and well-being yeah. and sharing what it is that you do and why you do it and how we can help people feel better in the world because uh -huh. that's very much what the foundation of my business is about is I just want mm -hmm. people to be able to feel better when they're moving, when they're thinking, mm -hmm. when they're dealing with life. Yeah. So important. So why don't you not introduce yourself and tell us who you are and what your business is about? So my name is Ashley um, and I am a mindfulness practitioner. So my background is in psychology. So I've got a psychology degree. So my practice is very much based on the foundations of scientific based research. Um, so there's a lot of benefits to mindfulness um, and, and there's a lot of studies to kind of back that up as well. So um, just clarity and focus, being in the present moment, because we're all rushing, we well, before the pandemic, I think we're all rushing through life, mm. you know, working, overworking, having it, kind of feeling pressured to be constantly on the go, be doing things. And when the pandemic hit, I think everybody just stopped for the first time maybe in their lives that they've actually just went, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> now I have to deal with all this stuff. It's, and mm. then it kind of starts to bubble up to the surface. Um, I think a lot of people have um, realised the importance of their looking after their mental health, emotional well-being and building their resilience as well to overcome these obstacles. Because I don't think anybody expected this to happen um so i kind of work with people on an individual uh, basis um, i do individual sessions and i do a lot of classes and uh, workshops based around building resilience um and um establishing healthy boundaries as well yeah. And um, I've got one coming up about reconnecting with your identity and sense of self. Um, because I think a lot of people have, it's almost like they've lost their identity and they're like, what actually makes up my identity now when I'm not doing all these things that I usually would have been doing previously? Yeah. Um, that is a values-based identity. 
Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I, I think I think there's so many parts of your identity that you've got your the, the identity that you view as yourself and that's quite a personal private part of your identity yeah. and you've got your identity that you show to other people mm. and social media identity mm -hmm, exactly <laughs> and i think there is quite a, a big um kind of emphasis on um social media identity and then kind of having to portray this image to other people okay i can deal with my mental health i can maintain but really they're maybe struggling inside um and they feel that they don't want to let their vulnerabilities spill out into um their social media kind of version of themselves as well yeah amazing so it's interesting when you you can even see even if we did know that this pandemic situation was going to happen you couldn't prepare, I don't think you could ever prepare yourself mentally for it because every situation is completely unique. Mm -hmm. It's just being able to have the tools in your toolbox mm -hmm. to go, what one can I use here to just help me stay a wee bit sane mm -hmm. <laughs> while you muddle through? Because mm -hmm. I think a lot of people now are realising the value of having these tools because they've been hit so many times and there's been so much uncertainty as well you know now in lockdown now the the restrictions have eased and how do I manage all these ups and downs yeah. and I think that's been quite a difficult thing for people I know it's been a difficult thing for me to deal with as well because um, I started my business so I quit my job my full-time job started my business in January last year um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden uh, all of a sudden the pandemic hit so yeah. um i had to really adapt a lot i had kind of workshops um in different places out in the community and now i've had to kind of adapt that and now all my workshops and classes are online um which i think actually works quite well because i can record them um and and it's a bit more um, accessible for lots of different people across scotland and in the uk as opposed to just in glasgow as well yeah yeah it gets mm -hmm. to open you up a bit more to yeah. some more people mm -hmm. yeah that's brilliant so what for people who don't know what is mindfulness so mindfulness, I always see mindfulness as the practice of allowing yourself to be in the present moment um, and to be able to notice what's coming up for you. Because a lot of the times we just keep moving through and we're always in doing modes. We're very rarely in being modes and allowing ourselves to be still and thinking about what is actually coming up for me? How do I feel today? As opposed to, right, I just need to get this stuff done, I need to do this and then all these things are sitting just underneath the surface mm -hmm. because see if you ignore these these thoughts and feelings that are that are sitting inside you and this tension that's sitting inside you they don't go away they just manifest and crop up in different various ways yeah. you know so they don't disappear um so it's about you getting into the practice of being present, about not missing these special moments that we kind of glaze past and all of a sudden it's a it's a memory. So yeah. we're actually in, we're feeling these these emotions in that moment um, and we're noticing it as well. And it, and it kind of helps us kind of remain a bit more in tune with ourselves as well and, and kind of noticing things. Yeah, yeah, that's... 
that's something that I really encourage my class to do, whether they're doing mm -hmm. yoga or Pilates or doing one-to-one -one sessions. I'm always saying to my class, and particularly now because I can't be there yeah. properly what people are doing or be able to help them. I'm like, you really need to tune in and listen to your body. Mm -hmm. Notice what it's telling you. Notice what your energy is doing today. Does, do you feel really energetic and want to do more? Mm -hmm. Or are you feeling a wee bit on edge or tired and you want to be a bit more gentle with your body? Mm -hmm. but always listening to the signals that it's sending you back because if something's not right your body sends you that no that noise and your ner mm -hmm. to your nervous system to say change something yeah whether it's a pain whether it's a niggle whether it's just doesn't feel quite connected so mm -hmm. always just stop and change because if you just do things exactly the same way every single time and it's something that's not quite right over time that's going to injure you yeah and that's that would be the same with your thoughts if you mm -hmm. just keep doing the same thing all the time and ignoring the signals that are coming eventually it's going to injure you mm -hmm. exactly and i think when you notice that you're feeling anxious that's coming from somewhere so that like if you have those kind of pangs of anxiety where is that coming from you know it's like these thoughts that kind of come through your head and we have this daily chatter don't we we have like we're constantly we're constantly in our own heads and i think especially throughout lockdown because we don't really have anything to distract us from our own thoughts yeah. so we overthink and we're stuck with we're stuck in that constant cycle of you know thought it could be negative thought because i think you know that's been a big um a lot of people have been feeling quite negative about it because it's that uncertainty yeah. uh, and there's kind of all oh, right okay well I'm, I'm kind of stuck with this in this negative cycle of thought so how do i get rid of this and it's about being able to take that step back and go, right, okay, I'm feeling I'm feeling kind of overly negative and it's making me, it's then leading to me feeling anxious and it, it, the anxiety builds up in your body and you can feel it. I know I get it in my shoulders, so my shoulders are like really, really tense and wow, I'm feeling, I'm feeling like I need to move, I need to kind of move my body because this tension is building up inside me. Yeah. Um, and it's all connected. Your mind and your body are so connected. Um, it's and sometimes we can kind of disassociate and we're just out, out of our out of our body. And it's about trying to balance that back up again as well and, and find that connect. Yeah, yeah. When you're saying there about you feeling all that tension in your shoulders, when there's like, when did you talk about feeling the weight of the world on your shoulders? It's because you're taking on too much and you're not offloading whatever it is, whether it's responsibility, whether it's other people's concerns or worries or you're just loading all your own worries onto your shoulders and it's been able to find ways to release and let them go mm -hmm. exactly do you do, do, you do um, like movement or breath practice with the mindfulness yeah. or is it all just thought mm -hmm. yes i do i do a class that's a mindful movement beats and breath work so I kind of focus a lot. I kind of across many of my different workshops that I've got in classes, I do a kind of combination of breath work, guided meditation, um, visualization, and things like that. So I kind of mix it up a bit so people kind of get a a good kind of varied view of different a, a varied um, experience of yeah. meditations. Mm. Yeah. So, what does your own personal practice look like? So I actually have quite a, a combination of um, my, my mindfulness meditation and I do a lot of yoga as well. Yeah. That's a really good way of kind of kind of attaching your mind and your body together and so they're kind of flowing a lot better um, and I think there's such a big focus on it 
Um, because well, I kind of got into mindfulness. Um, my daughter's got autism. Mm -hmm. So she kind of struggles to deal with her emotional regulation. So I actually got into mindfulness by teaching her how to do how to manage her emotions yeah. and her big feelings by kind of meditating and, and kind of bringing her practice into um, just focusing on the present. Um, and that kind of led me to getting really interested in it um, because I've got my, my background in psychology. Um, it kind of linked up really well with the way that I, uh, my kind of style of working. Um, so I felt like it was just a natural thing for me to get into. Yeah. Um, yeah, it really, it does, it helps so much. I think a lot of people think, oh, mindfulness, I'm not, oh, no, I'm not sure. It, that seems a bit too spiritual and, you know, and it's, it, you make it work for you and you adapt it to who you are and what, what your values, what your beliefs are. Because um, it doesn't have to be a spiritual thing if you don't want it to be for you. Yeah, because mm -hmm. yeah, that's the same with yoga. It doesn't need to be a spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. For some people, that's what feels more natural for them. Mm -hmm. Um, for some people, they like to then add that into whatever their religious beliefs are. Yep. So you take from, you take, like anything, you you take from it what you need and then ditch the rest. And you might come back to something at another time and then start developing it into a more spiritual practice. Or you might start it as a spiritual practice and actually, and go, actually, no, that doesn't work for me anymore. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't want to, I want to do something different, which is totally mm -hmm. fine. Yeah, I know, and I, I feel like I am a big advocate in adapting my work to suit the client or the individual. They tell me what they believe, what their core values, their beliefs are, and I adapt my um, my kind of uh, work to suit them yeah. um, so that they get the most out of the sessions or workshops as they, the, as they can. Um, because I think there's so many different different people and they believe different things and it's important to encourage that as well and empower them to take control in their own way. Yeah, yeah. it also helps them feel listened to. Mm -hmm. Like if they come into you and say, oh, I don't have any spiritual or religious beliefs or whatever and then you started going, well, I want you to start to breathing into God. So or... <laughs> she didn't hear a word that said. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's it. It's really important to listen to people and the kind of work when you're working with people and the kind of um, a kind of well-being therapeutic um, practice. It's really important for people to listen to what they're saying to you because a lot of the time, maybe throughout their life, they maybe don't feel listened to. Yeah. And it's really important for them to to feel listened to and to feel supported um, and and encouraged as well. What difference has it made for your your daughter, did you say? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. what, what difference has that made for her, like, in, the, in working with autism? Um, I think it's made a massive difference, actually, because she knows that there's a safe place for her to go. If she does feel overwhelmed, she's not going to get bombarded. You know, like, right, you need to do this, or you need to do that, when she feels very, very overwhelmed. So it's, it's about her being able to go in her room, she can go and listen to her meditation and, and kind of focus in and ground herself. I think being able to ground yourself as well um, and having tools, as you said, in your toolbox to be able to use um, when even when she's out with the house as well, when she's in school, um, there's things for her that she can use to overcome 
um, her kind of big emotions and, and feeling um, like kind of out of control and just helping her to regain that control again, um, which I think has been really, really useful. And it's just about incorporate, well, if you incorporate these um, tools from a very young age as well, that they have, they've already incorporated it and adapted it into their normal routine. So it becomes like second nature. Um, and I feel that that works for my clients and older people and um, that I work with. They have those tools then. Once they have them, that's them. They've got it. Yeah, they've got it for life. Mm -hmm. The more you use it, the more comfortable you get being able to just utilise it when, when, in, when, in, when you need to, when you need to. Yeah, and it becomes part of your day, like getting up and having a shower and brushing your teeth. Mm -hmm. It's like this is this is where I fit it into to my routine, so that you feel I notice the days that I don't do my meditation mm -hmm. practice. I notice, like, yeah, everything just feels like it's not quite lined up right. Yeah, it's like two bits of the jigsaw that don't quite work together. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. And I always see it's like having that overall life balance. It's having the self-maintenance. And I feel like mindfulness and meditation is a part of your self-maintenance. Because people say like, oh, this is kind of like a luxury. It's a luxury item. And I, like, I feel like it's, I think that's the way that society views mental health or has viewed, I feel like it's changing now, but um like I feel like they kind of see it as a, a luxury item but I see it's probably an, it's a necessity it is a necessity in our lives if we don't look after our mental health our physical health our emotional health then everything else starts to feel overwhelming and there's not real there's no real balance between everything kind of meshing up together yeah yeah I think people definitely have realized the importance of it because like you say if everything else isn't in alignment you can't you can't do your job mm -hmm. you can't look after the kids you can't enjoy life mm -hmm. like it's just it's just not not there and not available and I know that I've got a few friends that work for like corporate businesses and stuff and there's there's definitely more conversation within corporate mm -hmm. the corporate world about staff well-being and staff mental health and help and support and look after that um some of them have reported back that they talk about it, but they don't actually put their hands in the pocket and pay out for any of these yeah. things to come into play. Um, so I think there's still work to be done mm -hmm. in, in that sense, but there's definitely definitely been a shift in people realising how much benefit they get to looking after this and their physical body first, and then they've got more energy to do other things. They've got more headspace, more productivity. Mm -hmm. Everything else just feels easier. Yeah, can't you do everything on a back foot all the time? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I can definitely hear what you're saying about kind of there, there, there seems to have been a shift. We're not quite there yet, obviously, yeah. but there has definitely <laughs> been a shift, and there are, are a lot more workplaces that I'm hearing about that are, you know, bringing mindfulness practitioners and bringing um, mental health advocates in, and kind of encouraging people to be looking after their mental health. Because I think there's such high rates of burnout um, in workplaces and um, corporate workplaces. I think all workplaces, because I've worked in a lot of charity organisations, and even those are, are not quite there with looking after staff mental health. Um, but um, that being said, there has been a lot more push 
um, to kind of encourage in that. Um, but I also feel like the I've noticed that the pandemic has changed people's perception of what what their what what time they're willing to give to their work. Yeah. You know, they're they're maybe prioritizing their free time more so than kind of feeling overworked all the time. because um, it is there is a lot of pressure to, to be working like full time hours and be all always on your game and, you know, be giving all yourself o totally over to your work. Um, and sometimes you kind of live to work as yeah. opposed to live. Been there, done that, <laughs> made myself yep. really unwell. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. But there is so much pressure to do that. Yeah. Um, I've heard a lot of people now saying, no, I think I'm just going to go back to working three day, four day weeks and having longer weekends and, and being able to utilise that time off a bit better as well. Yes, I think a lot of people have realised what's important in terms of what they spend their money on and if money's maybe been a bit tight, it's like right, well, what's really important or when other things are closed where you've maybe not got those distractions to go and spend mm -hmm. that you would maybe go shopping or spend your money on. It's like, mm -hmm. all right, okay, well, if I don't use my money for that, then I can use it for something else or mm -hmm. I don't need to then bring in quite so much money that I thought I did because you've been able to let some other things go. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's about being able to prioritise what's important. Mm. Um, because I think there's also a lot of pressure on people to be kind of spending their money and like spending their money on clothes and, and lots of material things as well. Um, when I think when this hit, I made you realise like what's important um, and what that I want to prioritise in my life as well. Um, because I think that is it is it's, it is tough because people feel so under pressure and being able to just pause when we had this pandemic because I feel like now I'm I'm trying to focus in on the, the positive things that have came from the pandemic as opposed to focusing in on the negative things that have happened as opposed to the pandemic it's trying to look at how can we what's the or what's our new normal I think a yeah. lot of people have been saying what does our new normal look like now yeah so what is what's been the biggest positive thing for you I think um, being able to spend time with my family, I think that's been really good. Mm. Um, also understanding that I, I definitely it's, it's important to have your own time as well. Have your own time away from your family, away from your friends and being able to look internally a bit more. Um, and because I, like, I think a lot of people have struggled with their anxiety um, and it's manifested definitely in different ways. Probably a lot. I've noticed a lot of health anxiety as well, um, but it's been able to notice what's coming up for you. So I've been able to notice a lot more what's coming up for me, um, and and kind of challenge those in the moment as opposed to kind of letting them fester and letting them manifest um, as they do tend to do. Um, and spend more time with you know, spend more time on the th spend more time on the things that are important in my life my family and friends and and my business as well kind of nurtured in my business I think it's gave me a lot of because I've not really taken any time off I've been having clients over zoom and um I've not really had any time off so I've been able to nurture my business a lot more um, and figure out what direction I would like to go in my my business mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah I'm the same I, I haven't stopped I took him um, all my classes from being in person classes to being on Zoom, the same as you. So mm -hmm. 
I've got six between yoga and Pilates, six classes a week that are public classes. Um, and I do some one-to-ones over mm-hmm. Zoom. And I have client days, which are three days a week. Mm-hmm. And then the other um, four days. <laughs> How many days does that leave in a week? <laughs> <laughs> Not sure. sure. I'm feeling sure. The rest of the days are a mix of days off, days to rest if I need to rest, and days to get to work on my business rather than in my business if that's if that's what I've got the energy for and stuff because being on Zoom, I noticed I have to talk a lot more when I'm teaching. So it's just yeah. like constant because if you stop talking, you can see people stop and turn and look at the screen to see if it, the screen's frozen or something. So it's just like you just need to keep this constant chatter going all the way through mm-hmm. so that people know that you're still there and yeah. keeps mm-hmm. them connected into into their movement. Mm-hmm. But by the end of it, I'm like... <sighs> I need a drink. Oh my god, I'm so thirsty, <laughs> and I'm so tired because I've just been talk, 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 talk the whole time. Yeah, no, definitely. I think like it can. Be, it is. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to being being able to see people face to face. I think being over Zoom, there's always these um, technical issues and yeah. um, a lot of different other things. And as you say, like having to talk a lot, but. Um, it's it's also being able to have that kind of face to face and and be able to see the person in front of you. I'm a very um, face to face type of person. I like that interaction. I enjoy it. Um, that's why I love working with other people. And mm-hmm. and you can just you can also assess where they're at as well a bit more. Um, I think it's difficult to assess where someone's at, like emotionally and physically, when you're not seeing them in person. Um, but I'm very much looking forward to having people back in my office again. <laughs> yeah. When will you be allowed to have people in your office from about the 26th? Are you allowed yes. to do face to face? Yeah. Yes, I'll be able to have people in my office. Um, it's quite good. I'm in um, the Pentagon Centre. That's where my offices are, just in Washington Street in Glasgow. Yeah, or in the Centre. Yeah. Uh huh. So it's it's really really good because there's lots of space to socially distance everybody has to wear the mask and things like that so it's actually quite a good space um for me um to have clients in so i'm very much looking forward to that it'll be good to see all my clients face to face again yeah yeah so has your business changed much from doing psychology to doing the mindfulness purely just focused on the mindful so it's focused on mental health so i I've specialised working with people with anxiety, um, addictions and um, dealing with traumatic experiences. Mm, yeah. um, so I kind of work with them, kind of, first of all, when I'm doing individual sessions, I have um, just a kind of space, like the first session would just be gathering information and, and kind of looking at what they would like to achieve from their sessions as well. Um, and then what I do is I kind of collate the information and look at what are the things that we really need to focus on right now and yeah. we can talk through that and what are the things that are for longer term goals that we kind of want to um, look at um, and that just helps build a better idea and it's, and it's very much a two-way partnership we kind of work together so that they get the most out of um, the sessions as they can um, and, and then I kind of incorporate mindfulness into that as a tool that they can um, learn. Some have 
previous experience of mindfulness, some have no experience of mindfulness. Yeah. So it's about kind of building their practice um, and I incorporate it into the sessions as well because it just settles them into the session um, a bit more. Yeah. What are your, probably your client's biggest obstacles, do you think? I think a lot is um, their internal narrative how they talk to themselves um also a lot that's why I kind of um center a lot of my workshops around boundaries and um kind of reconnecting with your identity because I think a lot of people struggle to set boundaries for themselves and they let a lot of negative in their lives because they feel that they have to keep everybody happy yeah. But they're not really making themselves happy and then that can manifest into a lot of negative self-talk, a lot yeah. of issues around self-esteem, self-worth um, and not feeling good enough a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So being able to allow them to talk about this, these things um, and have someone really listen to them and help to empower them to overcome these obstacles themselves because nobody, nobody can make any changes happen like from the outside you need to be able to do it within yourself and you need to believe the positive things that you're telling yourself as well um because i think there's so many critical inner voices that are continually going on in my clients and and it is it's it's being able even voice this these critical voices out loud kind of gets out and they can start to challenge them as well i think is a really big point um, being able to challenge that internal dialogue because yeah. a thought is just a thought it's not based on any fact i think sometimes we have a thought and it's oh no that's just automatic fact fact i'm worthless yeah. and that that's what i'm telling myself but someone actually telling you that's not true that's that's you know being able to challenge that is very powerful yeah definitely i think when you get to say things out loud first of all you've released that pressure that's inside you and second of all is finding out that you're not the only person that thinks this way that yeah. other people have like just about all of us mm-hmm. pretty much think the same way about ourselves internally that mm-hmm. we run that those limiting self-beliefs and i don't want to say it's normal but it's common yeah normal it's common and just because something's common doesn't make it normal mm-hmm. or beneficial mm-hmm. <laughs> And I think we've all been brought up in a society where it has predominantly been encouraged for us to be selfless, to be very modest. We don't boast about ourselves. We don't. We don't say nice things about ourselves because you know that's 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 not good. You don't want. To, you don't want to. Don't want to be that person. Like, ah, uh, you don't want to be that person. And it's about trying to flip that. Trying to flip these things that we've been. We've been. Um, kind of that has been built up inside us that has been told these messages that is, have been told to us throughout our lives trying to unlearn that and think oh no no it's actually okay for me to be selfish it's 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 very important for me to be selfish sometimes and think about my own needs as opposed to thinking about everybody else's needs before my own um, and it is okay to toot our own horn and say do you know what I feel I'm a great person I'm very kind and you know I'm loving and and, and I deserve to be loved yeah. It's almost like a foreign language. Yeah, yeah. 
it's a, I, I wrote a book called Nine Rules to Sort Your Shit and the first like two or three chapters are all about that, about working out what your values are, yeah. learning to be selfish, to know that it's okay to be selfish and it's not that bad word, although you're so selfish, it's a good thing to be yeah. and doing a lot of self-love and self-belief to mm-hmm. feel better in yourself so that you can then be a better version mm-hmm. of yourself whenever you're out in the world. Yeah. And I think that's so important because I think I don't think a lot of people realise how important it is. And you t- you kind of look at what is this that what is this self belief? How is it serving me? What is, how is it adding to me? How is it making me feel like a better person or helping me like navigate my way through life and and looking at things that I want in my life? Because yeah. um, I I think it is being able to love yourself and give yourself compassion is a skill that is so important that you know it's it is it's essential in allowing us to be the best version of ourselves 100% and I think when people look at other people who are displaying that confidence and self-belief in and it I remember always being told that the things that you admire about other people are the things that you have in yourself that you maybe just don't have the confidence to show or you don't mm-hmm. realize are about you recognize that in in you yeah. and it's it's so true so if you're see, looking at somebody going oh look at them they're so confident they're so sure of themselves that's it, something that is there in you it just needs to be nurtured back out mm-hmm. and that's that's a big a strong focus um when i'm working with clients for them to be able to see the positive aspects of their life as opposed to focusing solely on the negative things or the things that they don't like about themselves mm-hmm. nurturing the things that they do like about themselves um, and helping them to believe it a bit more you know yeah. to have you, that belief to convince them <laughs> you are amazing <laughs> and I think mindfulness really does help with that a lot um, because there's a lot of mindfulness centered on, you know, like meditation centered on, you know, self compassion, self love, and and kind of helping them to empower themselves. Because as I said before, it's it's one thing me saying that to them and trying to encourage that, but it's helping them to believe it themselves as well. Mm, yeah, yeah. I was talking to somebody this morning who was had a couple of clients leave them yesterday, but they weren't their ideal client. They were clients that they were were charging far too little money for the amount of work that they were doing. And it was kind of almost a, thank goodness they're gone, but oh shit, two clients have just left in the last, the last sort of 24 hours and imposter syndrome starting to come up. And I had said to her, I was like that, those thoughts are trying to protect you. So thank them for being there, but then send them on their way because they're not making you feel better about yourself. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And for me, that mindfulness practice is what helped me recognise those thoughts and to be able to go, oh yeah, that's just that that part of me that wants to think that way. Mm-hmm. And now you can jog on because I've got other things to do. And definitely, it's being able to acknowledge what is coming up for you. And a lot of the times, we can't really see what's going on for us in the moment. Yeah. Sometimes it has to take like maybe the next week or the next two weeks for us to be able to reflect and go, oh, right, okay, that makes sense. That's probably what was going on for me. And that, you know, and sometimes we're not able to look at it in the moment. Sometimes mm-hmm. it is difficult. And so that's why it's important to be able to reflect and journal. And like, if you're, if you, you're kind of, 
if you enjoy journaling and it helps you better than talking sometimes um sometimes it's easier for, for it's just to, or even just in that moment to get our thoughts out of our head and onto paper at least it's out our heads yes yeah. and and being able to reflect because sometimes you start writing like see when i start journaling I start writing, I'm like, it's almost like my hands got a life of its own. And I'm like, where's this all coming from? This is just, and that's how, that's how powerful reflection is. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you're looking going, these, these words I'm writing down are crazy, but they're obviously in there somewhere and you need to yeah. get them out to let them go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yes. Somebody there's just saying, I think I should start to journal 100%. Definitely. I, I started off doing the, the morning pages. Mm-hmm. Where you just as soon as you woke up, got a pen and a bit of paper and just scrolled whatever came out, not thinking about it, not worrying about punctuation or how tidy or messy your writing was or anything, just filling pages. And I did that. Um, I started doing that after my my marriage ended. So like uh-huh. was, that was what two thousands and ten, so nearly eleven years ago, and it was so therapeutic because it was just mm-hmm. all this stuff that was there, and I managed to to get it out and clear a lot of the the stuff I was holding on to yeah because it it does it's almost like you go internally and it's you're you're there in that that moment by yourself with your journal and you just it is so therapeutic when you get into the practice of doing it um because it just gets those thoughts on or out of your head and on the paper um and I always encourage my clients to be journaling through our sessions and workshops um I've actually got a workshop coming up um called constructing your own narrative and it's a guide to journaling um that is on the 14th of May um, at 5.30 to 6.30. Um, so uh, that's really, really good. And there's going to be like different themes every week so that people, because a lot of people, when they come in to me and they're um, a client, a lot of the times they're like, right, how do I start this journaling? How, like, does there have to be a structure? Or, and sometimes there can oh, yeah. be a structure. If you work better with, I work better with structure. Um, yeah. But sometimes it's just about getting it out and just writing it down. It doesn't have to be a structure. So yeah. look at the different types of ways that you can prompt yourself to journal. Mm. Yeah. So where do people find out about that workshop? So it's just um, it's on my. You can just link on my website. My website is www ashley-victoria.com um, and there's a little um, suggestion box and you can just write a wee email to me and I can tell you a little bit more information about it. Um, and I've got some guided meditations starting next week as well, which will be good. Um, I've got one on Tuesday and one on Thursday. So I've got one on Tuesday at 8am to 8.25 and that's all via Zoom. Um, and Thursday is one to end the night at 6.30 to 6.55 so it's a really good way of just getting into the habit of practicing your meditation and kind of setting yourself up for the morning there's a good morning one and then kind of ending the night in a nice kind of calm decongesting from your um, day yeah yeah that's right and where do you find out about them is that on the website as well website as well or you can go on my Instagram which is Ashley underscore down underscore the underscore rabbit underscore hole <laughs> <laughs> i regret doing that one now through all the underscores but yeah <laughs> yeah on the i'll put this onto igtv so i'll tag you in the 
the wee information bit and then I'm going to put this onto my podcast mm -hmm. and onto YouTube as well so I'll put that into the comments like into the notes sections mm -hmm. depending on where it is that people are hearing this when they're um, listening back is there anything else that you want to say or talk about before we wrap this up I think just I always try and encourage people to incorporate mindfulness into their routine um, and it is just a way for you to slow things down a little bit because yeah. I think now I'm very I'm very aware that where the restrictions are starting to ease and there's going to be this really big pull for people to just get back to their normal lives again and get back to that fast-paced way of living. Yeah. So just taking a minute and just deciding how you want to um, adapt to this new normal and how you want to incorporate some mindfulness or looking after your mental health and, and kind of establishing boundaries and things like that. What you want that to look like and take some time to just think about that before everything starts going 100 miles an hour again. I think on the other side of that as well, there's some people chomping at the bit desperate to get back to the way things were, but there's other people absolutely terrified. Yeah. And whichever side of the coin that you're on there, it's what do you want? Mm -hmm. Not what your boss wants, not what anybody else mm -hmm. wants, what do you want? Mm -hmm. That's what's important. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it's not selfish, you know, and it is okay to be selfish sometimes, you know, and it's, it is important for you to be able to maintain your mental health because it is so important. You know, people say, oh, well, you can't see your mental health. You can't, you know, it's not like a physical thing. It's not like a broken leg, but it's internally, it's what you're dealing with and it's important to listen to that. Yeah. Yeah. Listen and honour. Yes, exactly. Be kind and be curious. That's my wee tagline on my business. It's be kind, be curious. I like <laughs> Just keep being kind to yourself and be curious about the stuff that's coming up yeah so that you can take on what you need and what's useful and you can let go of what's not whether it's movement whether it's mm -hmm. thoughts whether it's whatever mm -hmm. exactly yeah this was really good i know thank you so, thank you so much thank I you <laughs> thank you i'm so glad that we connected so this was um it was in the ggc yeah You're a GC member aren't you yeah yes i am yeah yeah so Love Laura, love She's Laura still. so much. I know, it was, uh, honestly, I remember going to a networking event um, a wee while ago. Well, I think it was, yeah, it was like two years ago or something like that. No, a year and a half or so ago. It was when things were all, it was normal. And um, I remember it was fantastic. And I met so many amazing people. Yeah. And I miss that. You know, it's, it's, it's being able to have those little networking events and things. But I suppose we have them all in Zoom and things like that. But, um, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, seeing people again and networking a wee bit more as well. Oh, networking in real life. Yeah, it's I know. Big. I know. It's, it seems like so long ago. It was. It was more than a year ago. <laughs> I, 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 I suppose that this year's just flown in. But there's just been so many ups and downs and, and trying to manage that. I think it's been really good for, personally, for my resilience, I think. Yes. I've built yes. up resilience from it but um yeah we all, all of us that are still here have Even yeah if you like it we definitely have yeah yeah <laughs> definitely i know <laughs> right, i'm gonna let you go thank you so much and i'll tag you when i've put this out everywhere and share it
Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You've been great. Bye. Thank you. Bye.